was like, ah, I don't <laughs> love you that much. Um. Suggested donation. All right, so should we roll? We're rolling. Welcome to Suggested Donation. I'm Edward Minoff. And I'm Tony Serenai. And today we have... I'm really excited about this. We're, uh, we're going to be talking to Sabin Howard, sculptor, New York City boy, Sabin Howard. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks for, for having us in your, in oh, your home and, and showing us all of the... Uh, I mean, I'd love to see, obviously, more, but we're looking at uh, a drawing and a picture of a maquette of this incredibly huge oh, kind of groundbreaking, earth-shattering commission that you've got. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of the thing that, you know, when we all start studying this kind of painting and there's no real public outlet for it, you don't see it at the Met, it's not really making its way into the biennial at the Whitney, like, you don't really see this kind of art getting big public exposure and here you are you've well, not got not only that but just being commissioned you know the idea of even an outside force outside of the artists themselves wanting to commission a bit a grand idea of something we're so interested in but also as public art so and you are working yeah. on a world war one memorial that's going to be in washington dc yeah, it's a national memorial you know what's really weird i sat on a ferry with <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> like four or five years ago, and we were sitting on the upper deck going over to Fire Island. Just coincidentally, we just bumped managed, into each bumped other, into on each the other boat. that that morning on a Saturday Ted in July. Yes. David? Yeah. <laughs> this is like completely out of <laughs> what blue. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> right, right. You go here? <laughs> and I said to Ted, he goes like, what's up? And I said, I'm so sick of like doing this stuff that I do because nobody notices. Yeah. And I said, I want to do something that people are going to notice and I got a plan, and I didn't know this was coming. I just totally had no point that that was in the future. And then it kind of just happened. And I got on the, the ride to do this, and it's like, it's like one of those things that has changed my life, like, incredibly, like, way beyond anything I expected. And it's not that easy in, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's really... I was so excited to talk to you about this because we knew, you know, we've heard in in our community, we've heard rumor, first it was rumors and then it was just like, oh, this is what we heard Sabin is doing. Um, and then, you know, a little bit of information comes out and then we heard that you're doing this thing. And then when the scale of it and what it really was started to get to us, we were like, that's exactly right. what we all right. not only want, but want to support. That may mean, of course, it would be something that I would love to do and right. for what I want to right. do. But the fact that one of our own is getting this was like... It's transformative. It is like, this yeah. is what we want. This is what we need. Yeah. And not only us, because I'm... Whatever. I really think it's what we need as, as like a country. Yeah. Like, seriously, this is the type of thing that, um, that we need to be supporting. Yeah. Do you want to describe exactly well, what we're talking well, about? Well, I just want to like riff on what you just said Please. because um, I kind of have this vision 
that this is just the first one of many, and it's not inclusive of me only, it's painters as well, and all these other people. And I'm doing it because I kind of love what I do, but I also wanted to give back and I wanted to make a change in the art world. And I think that there is something missing in the educational system that I, I um, can address with this, because um, if younger people in their 20s and 30s knew a little bit more about what's possible and got involved in taking care of their own business a little bit more, um, you can change uh, the situation of how art is sold and also the whole market. And so that's how this whole project came to be in some ways because I always started thinking out, I, I started thinking outside of the box about um, 12, 15 years ago. And I was really um, very disgruntled with the whole gallery system and the whole atelier system. And I was like, how do you do it so that you're your own agent and you're not be beholden to somebody else who's like pimping you? But it's always a catch-22 because of what we do takes so much time. Right. All our focus, like, right. I, I mean, we kind of put up blinders because everything else is a distraction. Right. And to do that part of it, the business part, the you know, the public part is so overwhelming sometimes that it you just end up going like, oh, I'll do that later. And well, you also, never do it. I mean, we're not necessarily programmed for that. Yeah. Like, I, for me, like, I, I'm mostly doing private commissions now. Yeah. Just straight out of my studio. And yeah. for me to, I don't know, send an email to somebody saying, hey, here's the study, what Weeks. do you think? It takes <laughs> me like a day and a half to just say yeah, that. Like, it's a That's sentence. Like great. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's it's so like I'm so bad at managing it, and then also keeping up with like if I've got one thing that I'm working on, and there's something else, like just to manage the next thing to have it lined up. Like I can't do it. I can only do one thing at a time, and so yeah. I think we're to some degree not cut out for that. And I appreciate sometimes what galleries do for me, and that like that's a, a tremendous burden taken off my shoulders to just be able to focus on the painting part. But on the other hand, you know, sometimes it gets problematic, the yeah. relationship for yeah, various yeah. different, you know, different kinds of reasons. So when you kind of switch, I don't want to say switch, but when you started thinking this way, was it out of necessity or was it just like critical thinking? Like, this is what I have to do to, to do what I want. Well, it's like do. a configuration or like a bunch of events that got me to like this moment. And it was, the first thing was, I did um, my own gallery in Chelsea, and I I did the unveiling of Apollo there. Right, and it um, in my mind that was a failure, but it's we it's very strange because I did a sculpture of Apollo that took me three years, and I spent three hundred no three thousand five hundred hours with two models over wow. two and a half years, and I did this male nude that I thought was like okay, this is the shiz, this is the next thing after Rodin and, and, and Michelangelo, and so I'm going to, like, do neoclassicism. And then I realized, wow, what you're doing is really esoteric. Yeah. yeah. So how do you become more mainstream but then hold on to the integrity and, and your passion about how much you love Greco-Roman art and Renaissance stuff and that design sense that is, like, driving you to do work daily on a, uh, would knock anybody else dead? I would, I would, draw, I would sculpt and draw, like continuously like you're saying Ted all the time and um, at that show somebody walked in who was at the um, American Classical uh, 
Artist and Architects Organization. Oh, the ICA? Yeah, yeah. ICA. And he said, uh, I love your stuff. Um, let me hold on to it. And then this is, th- this is what happened. I got a little show there at ICA at their headquarters. On 44th. Yeah. yeah. Then I did the book launch that my wife wrote, The Art of Life. She wrote this book on me. So this like that book got me thinking more. And the next step was Frank Geary approached ICA and said, I need 20 classical figurative sculptures for the Eisenhower Memorial. So I was on the top of that list. Frank Geary then flew me to L.A. Huh. to be the sculptor for the Eisenhower Memorial. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And so I tell Frank Geary, like, well, are, am I like your in-house sculptor? Or am I to tell you what I really think about your project? And he goes, no, shoot, to be honest. So I told him what I thought. And I said, you need symmetry in the Eisenhower Memorial. And it's not experiential enough. And it looks like the Natural History Museum when you walk through your piece. And then he said, wow, that's really good ideas, really good ideas. And then I got let on for three months, and then I got this phone call from the whole crew, like, uh. He's like, great idea, you're fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need yes men here, not, yeah. not somebody who's been Saban, go. tell me what you think. I think it's terrible, <laughs> and I think it Thanks. could be way better. Thanks. Thank you, Thanks. thank you, thank yeah. you. F- get that fucking guy out of here. Right. So it's three months later, and I'm fired. And so then, <laughs> but it's in my head, it's like, that's how you make the difference. Public art, big public art. So then I get... This email in 2015 in May from Justin Schubau, who's Civil Art Society, I believe. I hope I didn't botch that. Justin said, you should enter this. So I entered it with Michael Imber in Texas, who's a classical... And enter... enter At the contest for World War I Memorial. Okay. It's a, it's a blind contest, and anybody can enter globally. Um, now, this so, was just boom. put out? Yeah, but I would have entered it if I hadn't been with Frank Erie... And he and if you weren't if you didn't do that show in Chelsea right. on your own, right? And if Frank Gehry didn't fire you, thank right. you, Frank yes. Gehry. Right. Yeah, he did one good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it really just it just shows that's like, right. when you hustle and you get that's right everything that's important. And it's is not hard. like it's not like payoff is not. It's you know what it is. It's like you keep going. It's like you just keep going. You hit bumps, 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 and you just keep going. You just keep going. And you never know. I where had it like all this is. vision to like I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to take down Jeff Koons. I'm going to take down Jeff Koons. <laughs> and I'm still yeah, going to do it. Please do. Please and I, do. And I'm, I'm going to. I'm still going to do that. Yeah. And so I have this vision to become... And it's not about me. It's about in service of. So I changed internally because I'm not making my art anymore only for myself. I'm doing my art for something bigger than myself. So what's the role of the artist? The artist, it, it, for, for me, it's changed. And they're all different levels of being an artist, but it's for for myself. It's like I'm supposed to transform people when they see art, because what I want, I wish to do, is change the direction that art is has been going and move it out of the irony section oh, yeah. and move it into the sacred section. Yeah. So then, you know, coming out of like Italy, because that's you know my background. My mom's Italian, and then you know my wife is like big time um, philosopher and understander of of Campbell, Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. And then our discussions around the dining room table are always about like, you know, what's the purpose of art? It makes you start to scratch your head. It's not just like making beautiful things. What's mm-hmm. your message? So what changed was for me, it's like the art became really a metaphor for 
my explanation of the human condition. Mm -hmm. So it was no longer just like something that was um, a classical, beautiful thing, but no, this is like the reason for being, and this is an explanation for your reason for being. But when you were doing, let's say, Apollo, I mean, wasn't that... It was the beginning. It was the beginning, but wasn't it also like you were creating an ideal, like this is what's possible, or this is what could be, this is the best of humanity. Like this is maybe in some way like the material manifestation of the greatest of the immaterial, like the things that we can't measure. But it's, I I remember you talking about making that, which was blew my mind that you had two models that you were working with for two years and you paid gym memberships for them so that they could sculpt certain parts of their body to conform to an ideal that you had in your mind so that you could sculpt from them. But as you had kind of transformed them into this ideal that you were... And and it's still, (laughs) one person wasn't enough. You had to have two so that you could get this amalgam of the best of, you know, this and the best right. of that. And so you're, you're reaching for this ideal. How much has your process changed in doing this, this commission where maybe the reception of your art or maybe the purpose of your art has changed a bit, but does it, does it change the way that you approach the, the work itself? Obviously, it's a grander scale and there are more figures, yeah. but is it still that meticulous, like, I mean, it, it seems Ideal. like you're trying to make the material transcend the material. Yeah. Well, um, yes. Um, I got, like, kicked in the butt up the ladder, so to speak, so that I grew as an artist in this process because um, I entered into the world of collaboration. And I didn't, like, say, oh, no, you're wrong. I was, like, I, like, welcomed the, um, how would you say, it? like, it's not well, working with people yeah, to, it's to, to like have feedback like almost, or like a, it's not feedback. a team but being it's able to bounce ideas right and stuff. but it's the feedback because it's it's it, when you're in the hot seat it's very critical what what's being said so you're like you you've got you've got i would go through this process first with my client the world war one um centennial commission um and i went through with my client um and his group of his people that told him what the, he thought uh, was a good piece. And it was very different than what I came into the picture with. So I had to change my whole um, working style with models. How so? Because like, I, I came into it as a classicist where you pose a model, like in an atelier system, and there's a model up on the modeling stand, and then there's the beautiful light, and it's frozen. It's a frozen moment. So you now here I'm, you got to do something that is about. Um, action and drama and movement and it's not for an art collector it's for general public mm. and, and a general public's sensibility and what they totally. see as is just different now like yeah. they we you know we grew up on movies we grew up on having i mean so the idea of throwing in a ton of drama like is very normal now so they you almost have to do that to be able to speak with the people that's right and it's and 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 what would get people excited and so it's like i got criticized by um edwin fountain who's the um he was he's uh, a lawyer and he runs this organization and he gave me criticism that actually made the piece much much better um and he came up with things that i never would have thought of because what he came up with was more about story Mm-hmm. And less about actual like posing, 
And so I got criticized for poses being too stiff and too um, static and not movement-oriented enough. And then I needed to um, come up with more emotion so that your gesture and your morphology tell a real psychological story about a character. And then all of a sudden it's like, click. This, this like thing happened where it was like, that's what they did in the Renaissance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was like I got like an education and it was a trial by fire. Were you open to um, criticism and suggestions yes. right away? Were you like, okay, tell me what you think? I was, I was, I shut my mouth because this job is so big. It's, it's, how could you, how could you not like go the right way at that moment? If somebody says, this is what you need to do. And then if you go, take it home and you might be pissed when you first hear it, take it home and then you start to put it in the processor and then you go back in the studio and then all of a sudden you're doing 12 iterations on that same pose and then all of a sudden you're getting all this new he was right. info. <laughs> no, it's like incredible. It, because it, it almost like forced you to like yes. be more creative, yeah. be open to stuff and all of a sudden it's like, you know, if you buy a really beautiful sketchbook, you want to be so perfect in it, right. but if somebody gives you a bunch of paper, you're free to do whatever you you're want. Going. You sometimes they come up with better stuff. Yeah. So were your first... Um, like versions of this sculpture, were they uh, n narratives like what you've got now, or did that was that part of his feedback they to were, create a linear um, narrative? They were too cluttered. Um, they weren't simple enough. They weren't boiled down to like pure essence. Um, they had too many posed like figures. Mm -hmm. This is a lawyer telling you this. Yeah, this is somebody with any sort of background. And um, more. Uh, more of a, 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 an a amateur, but in the best way of saying that, a lover of. Okay. Right. He loves sculpture. Specifically, he loved, like, the sculpture in front of the Capitol, Shrady. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And so he was like, that's what I want. That stuff in front of the Capitol. So it's like... That must have been really nice to hear that. Yeah. I want that. And you're like, okay. So I started <laughs> thinking, how do I get there? And so that's like, I did the work internally and I started looking at, like I did a lecture on Rodin at the um, San Antonio Art Museum and I learned a hell of a lot, like how he posed the models and then how they were like in movement. And then he would say, stop. So I started posing the models in movement and then I started taking my cell phone and I would do bursts. So I would capture the one pose in the whole movement that would um, kind of like explain the oh, the, the start screen. and finish, it's like the like in betweens an in animation. Yeah, like yeah, it's right. So then, like the middle figure, the hero in the mirror. I did um, I did this in stop action. We're looking at a a, a, a drawing, the drawing of um, yeah. of the of the memorial. That and it started on. happening for all these poses. So this is the, there's, a, there's maybe we could talk about it a little bit, but like for this drawing that I finally came up with that got concept approval from the Commission of Fine Arts on May 18th, and they voted seven to zero in favor. Nice. And um, <laughs> prior to us was Frank Geary's crew and Frank Geary's crew, uh, they had a little bit of an issue with their their scrims that they're doing. So this is a really interesting moment because here I am and I come full circle. They're getting halted and I'm going like green light that day. No, it might change the next Were you time. like in your face. Take no, that, I didn't, Frank. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that, but I was yeah. like, I just thought in my head, I just said one word. And I said, karma. Yeah? <laughs> it's karma. I would yeah. want to say it. <laughs> so quickly. Oh, oh, do you want to come in? Yeah. You want to come in? Hi. Hi. This is my wife, Tracy. Hey. 
This Hello. is... Hello. <laughs> Tony and Ted. Hey. Hi, Ted and Tony. Hey. <laughs> do you want to join me? Sure. For a second. Right so it's my inspiration here. So, uh, quickly... The reason for being. <laughs> <laughs> with the, you know, the... And I, I, I suggest people can get online and see the drawing. I've seen it online a, a bunch of times. So I would say if you're listening to this on your computer or something, pop it up on your computer so you can see what we're talking about. Yeah, and then scroll and, yeah, scroll, scroll and scroll and scroll. <laughs> but was the... <laughs> scroll I mean, it's a long, <laughs> long, really long strip. Um, was... This one was approved, but I'm assuming you did many, many versions. Yes, up before 12, this. 12 iterations 12. over um, a 10 month period um, with 12,000 photographs of poses and models. 12,000, literally 12,000 poses. Now, models. did they suggest the idea at all first? This is what we want, you know, make it so. Well, no, it's, like, an this is my it an it's an evolution. It's an evolution. It was an evolution. And how collaborative was it with the architect? Um, not much. Joe is like. It's, uh, it's your stuff. Good luck, bud. So he just gave <laughs> yeah. you, like, okay, yes. this rectangle is going to be well, for the relief? he gave me be beginning, middle, and end. And then it kind of evolved. Yeah. Yeah. But, but since so doing all these, um, was there the way, when, when they put it out there and they, I'm assuming they choose a handful of people to, you know, of teams to say, okay, we want you to go forward with some of this, and then they eventually start narrowing it down a little bit more. Is that how it worked? Um, yeah, the, where I got Joe called me because I, I didn't make the final, but Joe called me. He found me someplace else, uh -huh. Joe Weishar, uh -huh. and then I got put in the, the finalists of five. And I knew we were going to win because we were the only group that didn't do digital that did like sculpture. And I knew that they wanted sculpture. Yeah, and th so it was three hundred sixty world global teams, and so we made the cut. Wow. And Tracy and, yeah, Tracy and I were standing, we were in a car, right? When they announced who actually won, we yeah. were in the car. Saban had to deliver like a sculpture to FedEx, to be <laughs> FedEx to a client. And they had this open meeting. So we were listening. You know, you could dial in with a pin and overhear the meeting, yeah, yeah, which was yeah. really cool. Yeah. The transparency of the commission has been, you know, quite um, meticulous. And so we were listening and Saban's like, Holy bleep, we won. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, How right. do you, like, what do you do in the car? You just start well, I, kicking I, the windows out. Crazy, like, crazy. <laughs> went crazy. Crash into a and wall. I was like. I was screaming. I was screaming. Saban's like blinking. <laughs> well, because I knew it was going to win. I knew it was going to win. And it, it wasn't like arrogance. It was just, I, I knew I was going to win that. And it was like, I started crying because I was like, holy shit. Now I got to do this, and I knew, yeah. I knew <laughs> I, the burden because I I know what it takes to make something of such excellence, and I know how many years this is going to take out of my life. This will be like the middle of my life yeah. to do this. It's like it's like a real okay. Here we go, and quite possibly define either the beginning or to have a big big exclamation point yeah. on your life. Yeah, you know, like it could be both. Well, which I hope it's that both. it's a really good question that you're bringing up because, um, and I, yesterday I did a diagram, um, and it, it comes. It's based on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, and um, the monomyth. And Tracy Slatten is my my wife. She's a novelist, so this ha the reason that I wanted her to be here tonight is because what changed in my art is it's about storytelling, and she is a storyteller. So I was influenced by her in that we were sitting, um, I guess, at breakfast one morning. Probably. And I, I, um, I was sitting there, and she goes, you know that's, that, that soldier's journey you're doing? That's straight out of 
um, Campbell's monomyth idea. And it's, it's a narrative that has a template that has been in every single culture and every single society from the beginning of time till now. Hmm. So you can find it in Native American Indian culture and narratives, mm -hmm. Judeo-Christian narrative. And it's a worldwide, it's the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's really, the, it gets more bizarre because it, it almost feels like what this project is, it's I'm living it. Like, yeah. I, I, it's like I... Stuff it, we've read about yeah. that is as ancient as anything, like, you it's, know, Gilgamesh to the Bible to everything. Exactly. It's like, there's a story of this and you're actually doing... Yeah. Well, he's doing it, but it's also in his that. own life. Like, he got this visit from Richard Taylor, Sir Richard Taylor of Weta. And workshop, what a workshop, what a workshop, workshop. Yeah. In, in New Zealand, in New yeah. Zealand, so, so and, and he was like, "You should come and do this with us," and it was like Sabin's call. It was the call Sabin had to leave so, the normal world and move to New Zealand, <laughs> and he did it. Just so people know, Weta was created by Peter Jackson, right? Yeah, Peter Jackson to do, to do the, the Lord, of, Lord of, the of the Rings when That's he got right. that job. Right. They created, and it's pretty much like Sky. It's like Lucas Arts. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's outside right. of California, they were, you know, them and the Lucas people were, they're pretty much on the forefront of like technology right. and doing all that so stuff. So, how did he how find did they you? come to you? Um, Eric, who owns Fine Art Connoisseur Magazine, sure. uh, was, Eric Rhodes. Eric Rhodes yeah. was over hey, at <laughs> in Wairapa at Richard's Country House doing a painting clinic with his friends, and Richard asked, Eric, do you know Sabin Howard? And he said, yeah, I know the guy. We wrote a bunch of articles. Could, w could you introduce me? Because I'm going to New York, and I love his sculpture. been following him for a while. Oh, wow. So he was just a fan. Did I, he know about this project? Or No. So he walked into my studio. He shows up and walks into my studio, and he goes, holy shit. We're doing <laughs> a national memorial to World War I. We just finished one in Wellington, New Zealand. This is amazing. Um, and... Then it was sparks began flying because I was wanting to do a global company that would do monuments, and um, he walks in. Wow. And he goes, well, why don't you come to Wellington and have a look? And I was like, okay. And I came home <laughs> and I talked to Tracy and I was like, oh, I got to do this. And she was very supportive. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave for Honey, six months and be across the, pack the, bags. the opposite side of earth. <laughs> yeah. And I go, I, I got a ticket and two weeks later. And so did you know, were you like, I, what do you mean? You guys make movies and what does that have to do with me? Yeah. At first I was very skeptical. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's, I, I knew that, I knew there was something there and I knew that this this project that I was doing is completely about storytelling, and that was who better. Yeah, yeah. Who, did he, this is maker. film. Was it clear like how you were going to collaborate, or was that something that kind of came like you were just like, yeah, let's hang out, and then uh, I'm answering for saving. He lived. I just heard about it from the <laughs> emails and phone conversations, Skype conversation. But they, I think they evolved it. They really neither Weta Workshop nor Saban really knew. How is it going to be? They really are inventing something. Wow. This is or a how new they can help. paradigm. It's a new modality of, of sort of the marriage of the foremost forefront of digital technology with this ancient sculptural form. Yeah. Sabin sculpting, the, you know, using clay and armatures and the lost wax casting process. This is thousands of years old. Yeah. You know, the Greeks were doing what Sabin's doing. So here's Sabin and what a workshop coming together is this marriage of the very ancient and the very, very new. And would you say that it's like, 
obviously, it you know it's, it's much faster to make maquettes using digital printing and. So the technology allows you to maybe work quicker and work through different options, but does it actually change the work at all? Or uh, uh, Well, okay, so here's the thing. If I hadn't spent the first year doing a traditional drawing, mm -hmm. working traditionally and coming up with my concept drawing, um, we could just throw this all out the yeah, window. Yeah, it wouldn't work. This would not work yeah. because... Uh, what happened was that when I got there in June and I pulled the drawing out and this is what we're going to create, everything done on the computer has to fit the drawing spatially. Mm -hmm. So there's um, perspectival issues here mm -hmm. that are um, drawing related and there are compositional spacings that have not been changed um, because it, it, the drawing is, um, it's not real. The drawing is a drawing. It's yeah. an abstraction of reality, where and it's also an aesthetic of proportion and spacing that you do not get when you work digitally. So that's why this is so cutting edge, because we're like warping the digital stuff to fit the drawing. So it's like an old, like Michelangelo doing yeah. a cartoon and then transferring that. Yeah. And it's just, you're that's using right. some technology to help you kind yeah. of transfer and, it. And I don't have a choice because... Um, I see this project as being much, much bigger than myself, that if I pull this off, which I am going to, um, I'm going to open the door for a lot of people that want to make figurative art, and I'm going to put figurative art back on, um, I guess I was going to say the TV screen, because that's what I'm thinking, like the evening news, and then yeah. it's like, wow, that changes stuff for everybody here at the table. Yeah, yeah. And it's also going to be this physical thing that anybody, for free, can come visit. Uh, in a place like it's going to be in our nation's capital. Yeah. And the thing that makes it obviously outside of the just already impressive idea of is the scale. Like I don't think we've even mentioned how big this thing is. So right. do you want it it is it's going to be how long? Um it's 65 feet long. By how how high? tall? It's 11 feet high. And, and how, how many, many figures? figures? 38 <laughs> and I would say that I would life, say over life size. Over life size, and I would say that maybe twelve to fifteen of those figures are almost in a round. Now, here's the thing: because I hooked up with Richard Taylor and Weta, this is doable now. Yeah. So that, but if I had, I came into the project, and I get to to Wellington, and I'm doing these test prints and the test prints go overnight meaning three-dimensional yeah test prints. that's a, yes a, a milling yeah. and so a, i established in a week we did five test prints over 10 days and how long would that have been if you were to do it right. traditionally? <laughs> that would have been for me in the studio smaller versions probably nine months with like 50 assistants with, yeah, who yeah could not possibly so train in days, that amount of time nine right. months yeah. yeah i think you did the right thing. yeah <laughs> and, then, and so then we established and then right away it's like this is a war memorial. It's got to be super emotional. You can't... Because um, I, I, I arrived thinking um, bass relief. But bass relief is too cerebral. It's not emotional enough. But war is an emotional topic. So you need to do something that is going to hit people in the gut viscerally yeah. and also function as a unit. One single unit from 150 feet to 200 feet away. It's so got to jump off it. the wall. Yeah. So the, that's right. And so now I'm like... I'm doing things that 
would have taken me like uh, we did this last print bef- and it took seven weeks to arrive at the the image that you're looking at. Yeah, the one we're looking that at. That test, right? that's the final test print. That took seven weeks and that would have taken me with two assistants two and a half years. Wow. Two and a half years. And um, that, that does not have the detail of what um, we actually have because that's a really crappy material. It's styrofoam right. with gray spray paint. Yeah, but that's cool because you can actually go in there and fiddle with it, A little right? bit. But what happened is now we've printed that version in a plastic. So there are 100 pieces that have been – that's molded. Yeah. Um, it's 100 pieces printed in plastic. That has arrived back in Wellington. Now they're going to mold all 100 pieces – and we're going to pour hot clay into those molds, and then we're going to reassemble. Wait, hot clay? You can Chabant. pour yeah. hot clay? Yeah, liquid clay. Wow, I didn't even know there was yeah. liquid clay. Well, it's <laughs> it's the same. It's it's like a Plastilina Chavant. Okay. You oh. heat it up, and you turn it into liquid, and then you pour it yeah. into the mold, and then we put that back together, and then I have a clay piece that we can with four other people that will sculpt with me for the next four weeks. Um, we're going traditional, and then I probably have one or two guys till Christmas. We go traditional on the clay, and I bring more of the um, design and the modeling where I have the force. So it, we lose the digital look, yeah, and we go back, back to, traditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I took out the middle grunt work, which that's the way... That I can now show up in February to the Commission of Fine Arts and say, voila, here's like my sculpture. And they're, you know, let's see what happens yeah, now. Yeah. Now I'm in the ball game. How um, big is that? Nine feet nine long. Feet. Oh. Nine feet long with your figures at, uh, they're around 10 to 12 inches high. Wow. And so you're look and very finished piece figures, not just like sketchy. They're very neoclassical looking now, are you using some of the assistants are they going to be Weta yeah. uh, Weta sculptors yes. they do still you know in the movies they have to make right. like they sculpt right so, Pixar has some great sculptors yeah like really good stuff yeah. so they're still well, they're, and they're, they're not all New Zealanders they're from Japan they're from China they're from Spain they're from UK yeah. Um, they're from Switzerland, and they're people that have been doing this all their lives. Do they pick up the New Zealand accent? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chinese do. Yeah. yeah, Sam does. Yeah, yeah. But do you see what? Do you yeah. See, this is like stepping into a whole another realm, and it's like I can like, like let it, your imagination. Yeah. Like, nothing. Like yeah, I could do that. I'll figure it out. Like there's ways now. Right. Like anything else? Like when you you know I know when I've read a little you know when you read about the. Um, the old masters, they were always figuring out ways right. to, to make it not easier, but just think better, more efficient, let's well, say, not better, more efficient. Th- in some ways, that's what, that's what was irking me so much. It was like, as an artist, I felt like, wow, I'm doing something that, and I know you guys do like amazing paintings. And then you want like people to just be blown away by it. And yeah. it's like, not enough people are looking at it. Yeah. And cause, um, the art market's ruled by a toxicity. Yeah. So it's ruled by like eight people. Yeah. You know, the right. whole art world. So that, that was, I kept thinking, how do you get around them? How do you get around those eight people? And so this is my answer. Yeah. Making it a, a massive public installation that um, is really a, a, a focus. Like it's going to be a focus point. Yeah. And it's not, a, it's no longer just about like, art it 
takes on historical significance. Yeah. How do you get from the next, the clay nine-foot maquette to the 65-foot sculpture? Well, um, we'll make a resin. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll mold that. We'll make a resin. Then I got to go to the Fine Arts Committee. It's, I'm sorry, Commission of Fine Arts. And then they'll be like, well, we want you to change this, this, and this. And Edwin Fountain also might say, I want you to change this and this. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know if, how much. Mm-hmm. I pass all that. I pass through that. Then I go build a third scale model, which third of 65 feet. It's still pretty big. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a basically um, 20, 20, 21, 22 feet yeah. in that range. So you're looking next at um, six meter, six, six meter milk. And would the process for that be melting similar. clay? Like similar. The, yeah. Yeah. Then there's all this other stuff called photogrammetry where um, you can capture images of people um, from multiple angles with maybe 200 cameras, and then you can I- immediately mill a pose. Mm. But so that you can create a reference very quickly. So there are all these other things that um, you can create very quickly, but it ultimately always comes back to, and this is the part that I, is really screwing with my head. If I hadn't spent the 30 years um, sculpting traditionally, looking at models for like, I think it's over 50,000 hours or something, um, and and doing that. You didn't stop after 10,000 hours? Know, right. <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> to be done money at 10,000. <laughs> right. But that's, if I didn't have that, then we don't have a conversation. Right. Yeah. So then how do you do that? And then also, how do you use the digital? Because if you don't have the um, eyes and the brain, the digital becomes just digital. So it's yeah. the artist's vision using the tool of the digital. And that's, I think, one of the fallacies that we're seeing today. Yeah, it's like a base mi- you big misconception. It's a real problem yeah. because you don't have that initial training. So you would have to, if you look into the future, you'd have to continue doing what we did. And then you'd have to um, also mix that into your, into your like, cookbook. The, it's the shiny apple that they're going to be like, well, I just want that. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not ready for that. Like, well, you see certain you things. Like, this. if you look at old animation, like old Disney animation, those guys were classically trained in drawing. And you can see it in the way that they animated. And uh, as, you know, younger people got in and started just studying the animators – you know, you could probably argue that some of the animation got better in certain ways, but it got less connected to hum- humanism or to, yeah. you know, to that tradition. Yeah. And animation became a very different thing. It became almost like a caricature of itself. Right. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I think anybody studying animation still goes back to those old guys who originally animated at Disney, but what they should do is go back to, like, the... Charles Barg figures that those guys were studying, you know, when they back when they were learning. I mean, every time I see Jungle Book, Mowgli looks like a one of those. It's like, exactly one of the. I, I mean, I'm guarantee like you that those Barg guys, you know, Bill Teitler was, you know, studying yeah. the, the Barg book at some point, and you know, well, or whoever was, came up with yeah the Mowgli. the the nine old men yeah yeah who were studying with. The original Disney people who I mean, were you think all class. Those were trained. all like yep. they were trained yes. at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. and that's, right. that's when they, they wouldn't they wouldn't have had a choice. That's, that's like the kernel. That's like the middle of the atom bomb that everything else explodes off yeah. of. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. Yeah, it's just all the tools in the it's world. All fizz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fizz. Yeah. Speaking of which, I just I mentioned before, but I should mention on the mic that like 
this is there's something really ironic about you taking this next step for figurative art in a memorial for World War One, which often people cite as like the definitive end of this figurative tradition. So this thing that hasn't been done in what like almost 150 years is happening to commemorate or or memorialize rather the the events that led to the demise of this of itself. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it's right. Makes your giant circle. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's really strange. It's really strange. Um, I, I, and it's like, what? What was it that, that at that moment, a hundred years ago, that like people didn't want to do figures anymore? And I really thought about that long and hard. And it, I kind of like began to realize it because you start reading. Um, but then there was something. Uh, okay, so uh, there were two things that happened in the studio that were really very impactful. Uh, I saw that 70,000 people got killed at the Battle of Somme, and then I was like, oh, my God. And then I keep reading, and it's like 30,000 people. As you're researching. Those, yeah, yeah. 30,000 people a day used to die yeah. on average. And then that was one thing. Because then cause you 70,000 one day. Okay, wow. But then you 30,000 a day all the time? To get like 10 feet. Yeah, and then they would lose yeah. it a right. week later. So this is an absurdity here. Okay, so that, that was one thing. Then there was another thing. Um, I have a, a, a friend who um, we were into mo motorcycles big time. I, then I got out of <laughs> motorcycles. He stayed in motorcycles. But then he, it's like, um, he's a contractor, James Mansfield, in New York City. And he was um, really f keen on posing and being one of the models with these 100-year-old uniforms that I had. So I was like, okay, James, if you want to, I mean, okay, great. And he's a very interesting guy. He's from England. So one day after one of our sessions, he comes over and he goes, well, you know, I got to tell you why I'm so interested because um, I have relatives that were in World War One. One of them was my great-great-grandfather, and he was killed. I was like, wow, I'm sorry to hear that, James. He goes, yeah. And my great-great-uncle, he, he came back from the war, and he shot with his service revolver his wife, and then he shot his daughter. And then he shot himself. And I grew up in that home. I'm like, uh, okay. Whoa. And then I realized that there was that moment that I realized there's, this is like sick. This war is so freaking sick. You couldn't measure. You can't not measure. And, and, and then it's like, we start talking about it. And we realize from what James is telling, he's telling all these other 25-year-old guys that, I've, that are actors from Brooklyn that are working for me, he's like getting them all stoked and fired up for our photo sessions. And he goes, you know, you have to change your mindset. Your whole family died. Your village has been cremated. You have no more friends. They're all blown up. You don't have a job. You have no place to return to. Now what? How do you feel? <laughs> and it was a joke in some ways, but they got really serious because they, they're actors and yeah. they got in the park. Yeah. And then it was like, all of a sudden, the emotions and the drama that came out in the photo shoots had meaning. Because the basic the meaning, it's the meaning. Yeah, the basic idea of the piece is the soldier's journey, right, from beginning through it, like you were saying, and then where you come out of it. Can yeah. you take us a little bit through? And again, yeah. this is a moment where I would say. If you can get on the computer, let's look at the drawing. If we can, and it, I don't know if you would want to like kind of guide us through. Yeah, a and it's bit a linear drawing. narrative. It goes left to right. It moves on a, in. It, it, yeah, if you go to my website and go to the drawing section, 
uh, you can f- pull up the drawing. So sabenhower.com? Yeah, sabenhower.com. So you, it's moving, it's all about time. So you start on, uh, I'm upside down, so you start on the left side and you move to the right. And um, first of all, I just want to say that, so this was again, collaborative effort where I had to come up with a structure and the structure ended up being uh, beginning, middle, and end. So three acts, and then the commission, Edwin Fountain, asked me for five scenes like a Shakespearean drama. Mm-hmm. So that's what we ended up with. So, um, And then there were other ideas. that It's bookended by a daughter, a young girl. And she bookends on the right side and bookends on the left. So she's the first and the last character here. And that's actually my daughter, Madeline, who's 12 and a half. <laughs> so then... Um, the first scene is the father is handed a helmet with his wife standing behind him, and uh, the daughter is standing over this father who's kneeling, and he's kind of like asking for forgiveness to go off to war. The next scene, he heads off to war and leaves his wife, who's like kind of trying to hold him back. Mm-hmm. Now, so this is, um, if we go back to the thing that I got from Tracy, this is the beginning or the departing section. And it goes all the way to a trench. And that trench then is a stepping into another world. So this is what you have in the, in the monomyth, where you step into a different world. So um, the next scene after that is this massive battle scene. And the battle scene is all of a sudden, the lean on the figures is way more dramatic. The center of gravity is pitched way far forward. Really pu- pushing forward and pushing uh, totally. forward. And you've got this really dynamic, long, stretched out right. triangle compositionally. Yeah. And, that, and then I'm thinking like in my head, okay, because that's not the first time I did the battle. That's like the fourth or fifth iteration <laughs> on the battle yeah. scene. Hmm. So, and, and then that is led by a charging figure. So then again, the commission was like, give me a figure that represents Dan Daly who... That's the middle figure in the very center. Dan Daly was the gunnery sergeant from um, Battle of Some. Um, no, uh, what's the the battle that the Americans turned to war? Bella Woods. Yeah, I think I remember. It was Bella Woods. Dan yeah. Carlin's. Uh, yeah. Amazing, Did you ever listen to that? Yes, it's uh, amazing. Uh, Blueprint yeah. to Armageddon, which I highly recommend. Yeah, it goes into this and it's unbelievable. Dan Daly then is that gunnery sergeant that said. Um, come on, you guys, you don't want to die young, you son of a bitches. Yeah. And so he leads the charge, but uh, there's something here that, okay, well, I, I made this, this is an Apollo figure. Mm-hmm. That central figure is extended arms, like open like my Apollo, and mm-hmm. the chest is up towards the light, and it's, it's a take on the Apollo figure. And the whole group of the battle scene is like, the Mars, it's a, this is Mars. This is what the Greeks what mentioned when you went on the battlefield, men changed because there was a god on the battlefield. That is the craziness of Mars. And then you jump to the other side on the right side of, of Apollo. Right? And we get the cost of war. And where does the cost of war begin? On the ground. And that's the death. I've noticed on the battle scene right before that Everything is a slightly upshot. Yes, like you're looking up at. That's right, and then you and then you're on the ground. There's a death, and this and this father is in the battle scene charging, and then he pops out again, as the soldier 
who has PTSD, who's the only character that's coming directly out at you. And again, that was from the Centennial Commission, Edwin, saying, hey, give me a guy, because I did a drawing of a guy coming directly out at you, and he's, and this is James Mansfield. Mm. That's my friend. His, right. And that's him yeah. almost being his great-great-uncle. Right. Right. Like the, right. the cost of war. Right. Like the cost of, like, it's, it's you know. The measurable cost and of it war. And it goes up to him, and then from there you got another diagonal of figures moving forward to uh, this grouping, which I call the Three Amigos. So every single figure is numbered at, 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 at Weta Workshop, and every single figure has been worked through digitally, three-dimensionally in ZBrush, and then squished and, and, and relieved. And I'm like art directing all these guys and going, you tweak this, distort this, make this smaller. And this. so then th this group is leading then to the parade scene. And the parade scene... Which are the end of... The, yep. Coming it's, out of it's it. It's the final part, which is... Um, it's, the, it's the return. So you want to be think of the beginning as the departure, the middle as the initiation, and the end as the return... And the returning hero is the father, who then... Whom we met in the beginning. That's right. And he come, he's in the parade scene with the flag bearer. And then he pops out again in the final scene. And in the sculpture, it's just the father returning um, and handing his daughter the helmet. And the helmet is the symbol for World War I and history. So the daughter holds history in her hand, and she looks into history, dividing the future, which is what? She's the next generation. It's World yeah. War II. And everything is changed. Let's do it again. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But it's yeah. everything. It's unreal. Is, is it is like, unreal. To the right of her is a completely different world than to the left of That's her right. in the beginning. That's right. And it's, 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 it's weird, because we're sitting here talking about this. I'm looking at your drawing, and it's emotional already. In the already drawing format. Yeah. So, so imagine if these figures, and they will be seven feet, and you're going to get like a kid. It's like, this is like, I'm looking forward in the future, and it's like, I, I'm standing in the background behind a tree, and there's like this kid walking along with his family, his, his mom and his dad, and they're like, hey, there's a dad again, there's a dad again, there's a dad again. And then I can come out and say, hey, you like my sculpture? <laughs> and say I made this and they're coming oh are you fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> no I really did <laughs> yeah. mom that it. crazy guy <laughs> but, uh, call the cops <laughs> right. but I'm bringing this up because it's like that's the thing that I was not getting in my studio before with the Apollo it's like sure the fire department would come over to do inspection but oh this is really cool art <laughs> but this is like different I can have that effect on people and share and, and, and have that back and forth with them because they'll get it well, and it'll be another stop, like, on the mall when people are visiting all yeah. the monuments yeah. that, that they visit. This is going to be somewhere that they right. can go, and it's somewhere where they can connect to this tradition that died around the same time this war happened. Right. And the repercussions for us all sitting here at this table is that what we do will become valued again in society mm -hmm. in a way that, that has been devalued. Yeah. I mean, publicly, I, I, I think... One thing that I've been thinking about just watching our country become what it's becoming that uh, I feel like art and culture are just, they're linked and they're, you, you can't separate them. And right. I think 
we've gone down a perilous road with art and culture, and I think that it's it's bankrupt us in in certain ways. And I think it's it makes me feel like what we do has greater significance and more importance than I ever imagined. I mean, when I started painting, I just did it because I love it and because it meant something to me. And I didn't expect it to mean something to anyone else, but it meant something to me and it was worth it to me to do it. But now, now I feel like there's something bigger here that we're a part of and that most of, you know, the people who represent culture don't acknowledge yet and hopefully they will. But, you know, this is a huge step in that direction because it's going to be the actual material manifestation of this idea. Right. That's right. It's a little spooky in the way. No, it really is. And I think it's, it's becoming more and more obvious that the art reflects the society where it is. Well, and the society reflects the art. That's the other thing. And then the society reflects the art. And if... I've been, like, ranting every time Tony calls about, like... He he got me hooked on, like, a a bad TV show, you know, about, like, villains. And I have to to confess that I love it, but, like... And I watch it every chance I get. But it's also, like... All of these, you know, The Godfather, Goodfellas, all these movies that I grew up, like, loving, they all glorify villains and horrible behavior. Yes. The series, you, you know, there's so many documentaries about Pablo Escobar. Everybody wants to know about Pablo Escobar. The guy was, like, horrible. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. And yet, like, he, every, I just said his name. Everybody listening knows exactly who I'm talking about. There are probably billions of heroes that we should know who are just good people right. who do good things right. and we don't know any of them right it's very rare that you get a movie or a television show that leads with an ideal that leads with somebody doing something great and heroic and just decent you know right. and i think that that's that that's the perilous journey that i think that or, or the perilous road that i think we've all ended up on culturally and I, I think it's deeply problematic that we we glorify villainy yep well I, I agree I'm I'm living it because <laughs> I, I go to the meetings and I deal with criticism that is coming out of exactly what you've spoken about they want to see like the depravity or the yep. yeah yeah well at any point was there ever like oh we're just going to put like an obelisk or something up as the World War One memorial? I, like, I, was it always going to be figurative? Was I'm it always going to really be I'm really lucky that um, my client is, in, in, well, I, I got to give him kudos. He's incredibly intelligent and very tactful and um, very strategic. Mm. So the way that he's planned this out and the way that we've stepped um, through the process has been very um, patiently planned. So, um, uh, sometimes, as an artist, I want to just go out and rush, and he's like, "No, we gotta. This is how we're going to go through this." And then, now we're coming into the next phase where the sculpture will go in front of the um, the, the committees, and um, so it's very strategic in how um, we're presenting this. And then also, um, I think it's br- bringing a sculpture. It, it slows the time down a lot, mm-hmm. 
and it's given me um, the ability to figure out what it's about because I don't sometimes know what I made. Like, you know, you made it physically, but then you don't know why you made it. Like, I didn't know about this uh, monomyth of of Campbell until Tracy, like, like said, hey, this is what you're doing. And then I went and looked, and I was like, oh, that's really good because (laughs) if I tell a story, then you can't edit it because then... The story's ruined. It ruins the end. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, there's like... You can't do that. It would ruin the whole thing. Yeah, and then it's like... We just need to change the ending here right. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, you can tweak parts, but you can't... Basically, you need a, begin- a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then you also need to have, like, this, this thing that's an allegory to the United States. So the guy who has PTSD, he's... The U.S. And the guy who, you know, this is the beginning, and this is it, where he's... This is the agrarian nation, and then at the end, each one of these little vignettes has like a significance. Yeah. And so you, this is such an epic war that you can't chop it. And that, I, I mean, I've been really lucky because I've been guided yeah. by my client. So, so you can just focus in on what you do best. Right. And then give lots of examples and then be led a little bit and then come back with my own idea. So it's this give and take that has been... In a way, it's kind of it's been very hard on me, yeah. but it's also been very magical because I wouldn't have reached this point. Oh yeah, in a, it's a, the collaboration. So it's like I don't even know if I'll ever go back to just being like the only guy doing the thing. It, oh, the collaborative thing really elevates you if you buy if you have a good group. Yeah, that you're yeah. working with. Yeah, Tony and I started with that back when we were doing graffiti. That's true. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do, do big graffiti. walls with yeah. a bunch of people. It was always fun. I mean, that yeah. kind of collaboration. It was also it was the you know, in a in a slightly different way, but the idea that you were uh, um, uh, pushing ideas off each other. Yeah. There was always one person who was kind of orchestrating the whole thing, not quite as... Um, Holding it together. Yeah. But there like was a always, container. There was always this idea because the one person wasn't always the one with the answers. And sometimes that one person was just like, I don't know. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, here's some another idea that came from left right. field. And then it kind of transform the wall or transform the idea this one little idea that probably if you didn't have all those people it would have just been super collaborative it's fun you know we we i haven't had much of that in a long time because we're in many years years. (laughs) but the idea because we're just in our studios all the time well that's the thing it's and that's a part that i I think is I I think this is a very interesting moment this project because okay doing it then other people will see it and then how does it affect other places mm-hmm. like how will it affect ateliers how will it affect schools how will it affect like younger painters mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of like if you get together as a group and then you have a little company of painters maybe that that's one of the things I've been thinking about it's like why don't painters join what into groups mm-hmm. and then you too many cooks yeah <laughs> could, but could ruin but if you have massive projects yeah. you have to but then you can get if there's a way where there's one person leading the way and then they you know there's another time when another person is leading the way you get the Beatles, right you know mm-hmm. it's like really talented amazing people who get right. together and they realize for the good of the song for the good of the artwork, you maybe let one person lead or take their idea and say, I'm just going to play the part really awesome with what I do best. Yep. And then another time I'll have idea and you do that part. Yeah. And that's like that collaborative, which yeah. I've always loved 
being you know playing in music and doing projects like that but I've not quite figured out how to do that for myself when it comes to what I where I am now. The art stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a really fascinating thing that that I, now I have an idea and I can't execute by myself cuz look I to do the drawing itself um was 10 weeks 750 hours of drawing. I love how you know the actual. <laughs> well, do you, you know why? Because I I it was like <laughs> I I it, I could only draw this many hours so if i drew on average um 10 or 11 hours a day um s seven days a week yeah and i did that because i did as much as i possibly could um was that, there a budget for this at yeah. this point so there was it wasn't that you no were like, i was not doing it for free you weren't like <laughs> just crossing your fingers like i no, hope this works i can't operate that yeah, way it's hard so it was like um you hear that, patrons? We yeah. need your help. I was on a paycheck. <laughs> I, I get paid. And so it's like, here's your chance to do something. And I have such pride in, in this type of work that it's not, it's no holds barred. It's yeah. just, yeah. you just go balls to the wall as hard as you can. Because yeah. it, it wasn't like you're going to get a, like Eminem says, the only um, option is success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the only no, option. it's the tight wire thing that right. I think we've talked about before. Where we're like, right. no, net. no net, no net. This there is, is no it's net. It's all in. Yeah, and yeah. that's sometimes really the best way to do it. As just uh, it's terrifying, uh, as terrifying as that is, uh, is the idea that you have to do it. Yeah, we all know we can do it because yep. we're all, you know, smart enough and talented enough. It really gets the hustle doing it, but. It doesn't mean that what you're doing and knowing what the, how it works out there and everything isn't a huge part of it, yeah. unfortunately. I have to, like, I don't even really want to bring it up, but I am kind of curious. Um, have you hit, like, any, have you, like, encountered any, like, like New York Times critic kind of types who have been roadblocks oh, or hurdles or anything? Oh, this is, this this is, is old fashioned. A, a great question. Um, because because I don't I don't pay attention. So you have no idea. No, but if you said that, I would be like, "Oh, that's great. I'm happy for you." <laughs> I don't pay attention because it's like, right. what do you know? Yeah, what you don't know, and I I know that what we're doing is so incredibly important, and it would be like, it would be like a homeless person telling you, like something crazy. Would I'm not putting down homeless people but it'd be like some guy <laughs> hey we're on, not all crazy <laughs> you know but like some guy who's on the street and he's like completely like on drugs and 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 you know peeing on himself and whatever and he Tony. tells yeah and he tells you like um something you're going to pay attention to him <laughs> i mean i'm trying to make this really obvious no yeah. i i mean i see that when you know i God, unfortunately you see it on social media and the internet where there's these people saying they're putting out these like essays and diatribes on what everybody should be doing in art blah 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 and then you go look at their art and you're like are you being serious right that's yeah, right like you can't out of 10, you don't draw at all you don't how paint, can you pay attention practically practically don't paint at all and it's I mean, it's being kind to say it's amateurish. And you're like what do you know? You're not right. in it. Right. You're not you know you're not in the trenches. <laughs> and, and, and then the weird part is, it's like, nice. you're not paying my paycheck. No. So yeah. why am I going to listen to you? Why am I going to take you seriously? Yeah. Because 
at the end of the day, it's like, I, I, you know, we're all in the same age bracket. It's like you start to think about, like, how do you do this so that you can make it happen financially? Mm-hmm. So I would not pay attention to somebody who's not paying my paycheck or actually has never had the depth of experience in the art creative process. Where's your kudos that I should be paying attention to a, a, a critic that doesn't know his ass from his elbow about figurative art? So I, I have a and question then. Who do you make art for then? I make art for us. Mm. And I want to define who us is. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> no, well, you make art for... Um, I love the idea of saying, oh, it's for me. No, it's and not. It's, like, it's, it's not for you. No. Because I, I, honestly, if I make, I make a piece of art, it's like I, I sell it. I don't hold on to stuff. Yeah. yeah. In... But also, if it's only for you, it doesn't necessarily convey anything to anyone else. It's just, you might as well just throw it in a closet and you look at it periodically, yeah. but it doesn't have any, you know, It's know. all. It's, it's... I don't I like s- me enough already. I yeah, said the I word <laughs> us because it's been really strange. It's like all of a sudden I'm thinking legacy. It's like, what am I going to leave behind when I'm dead? That's Meaning for the public, for the for, 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 for for society or for you? And it's it, not for me. It's, it's more for, like society. It, I always I don't, feel like yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's I, and I, I keep using the term us because it's like people. But just, it's, and I don't like the word society. I like the word us because it implies unity okay. and um, everybody. So it's like when I go to the museum and I'm blown away by like an, an amazing painting. Um, like I went to see... Uh, the the Met last week mm-hmm. and I was like oh shit this is going to be bad because I coming out of like all this digital art and now the, all the realism is going to like play with my head so I went I made a beeline for um, one painting the painting by Giotto okay and I was, was going like, to say wait <laughs> <guess>. and it <laughs> was like phew because I got like the tweak in the chest uh-huh. where you get like excited and it was like, oh, thank God, it's not gone. <laughs> Cause, and, and and that's what I wish to do. Because it's like he, he did it not for himself, but it was for, he didn't think about the museum guy. It's, right. It's like, for but for everybody. Yeah. To like tweak people to, and it's like you bring people like into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's vague. I'm sorry it's so vague. That's I wish it were. It's a hard thing because I'm trying to find the words myself. And it's one of those, it's r- why we hang out with each other. Like why you have your circle of peers is because sometimes you don't have to completely crystallize it perfectly in words. That you could be like, you know what I'm, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying yeah. without you saying it. Well, you know, I, I, st- I, ma- I made mention about the two kids in the family walking by the memorial. That's who I'm yeah. making this for. Yeah. And that sounds f- funny, but it's like I really, I really have such a sense of joy when a complete stranger, not even a patron, but a complete stranger walks by your thing and, and is completely sucked in and yeah. affected. Or the Weta people who are like yeah. seeing it through, you know, develop and must, I mean, that must be really exciting to see them get keyed up over like the new maquette and, oh my God, you did this to the figure and this is amazing. You know, like those are, I mean, in some respect, those are our people. Yes. You know, those are people who are involved in making, you know, whether it's film or maquettes or sculptures just making beautiful things or, or working hard to express something. But I don't think it's I don't think it's altruistic. 
I think either it's very selfish at the end of the day because um, when somebody is affected by your art that way, then it comes back to you because it gives you a reason for being. Yeah. And so you feel like, oh, I got a purpose. Yeah. I make a difference. People, I'm noticed. And it's not like in a like Donald Trump way where it's like, oh, I need everybody to no notice me, yeah, but it's yeah. more like... Like a narcissistic, yeah. like me, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, I made a difference. My my life... Enriched somebody worked. else's life. Yeah, it had meaning. It, it's like I had, I had, it had meaning. It, and it, and ultimately at the end of the day, it's about um, connection with others. Mm -hmm. So that what you did had a spark in somebody else's chest and it gave you meaning because if you hadn't made that painting the way you had, that person wouldn't have had that moment of joy seeing your work. And it lasts. I mean, Giotto did it to you yeah, and you're going to do it. You know, this memorial is going to be there for, you know, 500 years. Well, I, I hope that... It's that, bronze long. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's <laughs> like... They melt it's it down for cannonballs. Bronze, yeah, right? it will be bronze. But that was one of the things that I, I realized I had to change who I was as an artist and I couldn't be a a classicist in quotations, I had to be more of like a humanist mm -hmm. and make stuff that's more emotional. Right. So I, I don't even think I'm a classicist anymore, even though my stuff is super structured and all, but it's really about human beings and the expression and the feelings that they carry. Because that's what people get, groove on. That's what they get affected by. Mm -hmm. So that then it's like all of a sudden I'm not like doing what um, the model on the, on, the, on the stand anymore. It's like now it's like a person in movement. Yeah, and yeah. it takes it down to a really different level. Yeah, it seems like you were doing some of that. Um, I remember seeing early, 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 on. like you early were doing on. like almost like a characteristic or a human condition. Like you would have. I remember you having like males seated. Yeah, that was in the nineties. I was on something, like, and it was. I mean, you'd kind of have to. I mean, you could look at it and maybe come up with what it was titled but then you see the title and i was like oh it's, a, it's an emotion yeah and i mm -hmm. feel like you were kind of doing that but i i think i went down a, a different road then because i got really involved in obstructure and technique and esoteric like quiet but, but you had to yeah it was a it was a departure. if you didn't do that you wouldn't be doing this yeah this was a reaction to that because in some ways i feel like apollo was a failure because, but it was part of the learning curve. Yeah. So it's a really strange. I mean, I every single thing I do, I feel it's like a failure. But that's I feel like I that's, that's something all we all know. experience with everything. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. To be a certain kind of person and have certain expectations of yourself, and then you get to the finish line, and I mean, ultimately, like it's always like a letdown feeling. There yes. is. It's almost like exactly. postpartum depression. Yeah. Oh, or something. isn't that wild? Yeah, oh, I'm glad weird. you guys have it no, too. Every time. <laughs> I'm not glad we have it, but we have it. Yeah. Uh, every give, give me my next piece. Give me my yeah. next. Pretty fix. much, because you. Yeah, it's like you need the next thing to sort of get that dopamine in your body or yeah. something for like at least the the moment. Go looking for that next hit. <laughs> but it's the same. Like I remember, you know, listening to like even people like stand up comedians or musicians, and they're in a concert, and they could have a stadium filled with like you know, 50,000 people going crazy and then there's one person there with their arms, you know, folded, <laughs> looking yeah. like, mm, impress me. And, and you play for, like, why is that person not going crazy? Like, How can't I? I? I need to rock out or I need to make that person laugh even though everybody else is on board and it's just like, you see that. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that's just we're wired to do that because one, we're sensitive. 
because we're artists. We're just that's the way we're wired. And two, that we we're just we're 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 uh, aware of things. And when we see the one thing that's off, like we want to like we maybe it's focus that, but also that. the effort that goes into this project, like. They could give you a ticker tape parade. They could like it wouldn't mean anything. It I don't wouldn't care. It'd be fun it, for the moment, like, and then it'll be gone. Yeah, but it wouldn't like. There's nothing anybody could do that would be commensurate with the work that you're putting into this thing. That the responses, you know, maybe that bumping into the parent and that little kid, like maybe that'll give you some satisfaction. But ultimately, like the work you put into it, there's no reward that except looking at the work and seeing it there. There's no other reward that would live up to what you put into it. And yeah. you, you throw your heart and soul into it. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a little cheesy, but you lose a little bit of yourself in that, that work. And there's no getting it back. I yeah. think, you it's know. true. Yeah. And, and true. maybe that's part of that, you know, whatever depression that's, that's in <laughs> when you finish something. I mean, is there a way to um, kind of. The, the idea of the process and the whole thing we go through, whether it's as grand as this or as something, you know, kind of simple, I wonder if there's a way to represent that yeah. outside of the what you want, like your goal, your finishing goal. Like, okay, this is what I want my, you know, my work or whatever to be to look like in the end. But how do people know about, like, the, the or is it even important to know the journey? I, I think that, uh, like, in this piece, um, I've kept everything in terms of photographs and all my different iterations. Docu documented. Iterations. And then all the um, iterations that we've done in Wellington. And Is it I, being filmed? Yeah, and I'm Good. making a documentary as well. I was oh, going awesome. to say, like, I would watch this. Yeah, the, and the documentary will it'll be, we'll have a half-hour version out in March. Um, You're doing it yourself? No, Weta is. Oh, cool. Weta cool. Workshop is doing it internal internally. Um, I got funding from it from the U.S. That's awesome. And um, one of the things that I, I really understood, um, and a lot of people have come to me and, and said that the most interesting art exhibits are the ones where they actually got into the artist's creative process through... Um, Things that were in shows that explained um, what he went through as much as and best as objects can explain. Yeah. And so um, that's uh, I I think it's really key also for um, people that are beginning to make figurative art that they see how you went through something. And and so I'm trying to like really keep that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean I don't. I don't keep a journal per se but i started writing on a blog and it's like all of a sudden that's educated me like immeasurably because i began to think oh you know this thing i'm doing digitally i'm not the first guy to use technology and it's like i look back and i was i saw the canova you know the neoclassical yeah, yeah. guy he i went to the um gypsoteca five years ago and i was sitting in his gypsoteca and that has like all of his pieces that he made in plaster and they're probably in that in that room um over 50 50 sculptures that he populated Is europe that in with. venice it's outside of venice mm -hmm. uh, posano mm -hmm. and those pieces were like in all like russia paris um italy obviously uh, and 
and even he even did a George Washington. And it's like, how did this guy? And I'm sitting there, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to make this many pieces. And how did he do it? It was, he had assistants, yeah. and then he used technology, and that was the pointing system. Like yeah. the, and and that and so it's like this is an evolution of the pointing system. Do you know? Can you? Did, I mean, I know what the pointing system. I don't think uh, Ted knows what it is. But can you describe what that is? <laughs> Thanks. Um, so you, if you make, if you make a, a sculpture, really and then you want to duplicate it, it's um, you find a point in space which is uh, x y z axis, which is height. Um, then how far in from an edge is. And then uh, you, and then how far in from another edge? So you triangulate yeah. one one point in space. You, you can draw like that. And then yeah. you drill in, yes. and then you yeah. hack so away you hack until that's you get right. to the bottom of the and drilling. That's right. That's also what those holes are was. like. Sometimes yes. at the top of the head. Yeah. And you can also yes, do that to enlarge. <laughs> yeah, you can also enlarge a sculpture doing <laughs> so that. You can have like a scale. A scale, scale up. it out. Yeah. So if you found a point and then you multiply that point, let's say you want to make it twice as big, you just multiply the spacing by two. Yeah. So he, that's technology working there. And then it continues, like, all the time. And so it's like I began to, to see, okay, you've got to pull this off. You, you have to pull it off, so you have to go this route. You don't have an – I don't have an option. Yeah. You don't – there Meaning is no option. the idea of being like, well, I want to do it this way. Now give me – Forget it. You give me 14 years to make this. Yeah. And you're like, I right. just – They're going to say assistants. no. And they're right. going to put an obelisk there right. instead. Right, exactly. Or yeah. a wall with names. So, yeah. yeah. So that's it, it, so. Then it's like okay. Then how do I like keep this as clean to what my vision was? Mm-hmm. And so it's that's the part that it's like, uh, uh. And then it's, mm-hmm. it dawned on me: if you ever do this again, do it the same way. You do a traditional drawing, that gets you the blueprint. You go in and do the grunt work with the digital, and then you return it to traditional at the end. Yeah. So then you're taking out that middle sector. Yeah. And. You're not losing, hopefully, too much of your handprint in the process. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure that if you, all of a sudden, you're doing 10 of these, 10 different sculptures in this process, by the fifth one, it's probably going to evolve to something pretty different, meaning... It'll you'll start thinking of better ways. I hope so. And I, then it'll just get hopefully more and more efficient. And the next sixty five foot commission. Yeah, yeah. And then what ends up happening is there's a whole new way. Like then we're looking at right. oh you right. develop something completely new that right. nobody's doing. Well, so I, I just I know that this this will lead to something in um, school system and, and teaching system for others. Mm-hmm. It's not this is just too big for it, it. You look at stuff. I mean, and it has effects like big effects mm-hmm. and i feel like this is one of those things that has big effects yeah so do you know now the where is it when is it supposed to be done it's uh when i'm done okay so <laughs> it's not necessarily a really hard and, but i'm i'm put on like we want this fast yeah so i'm i that was one of the reasons that i was like okay how do i keep it traditional and Right, true to my vision, but get it there on time, and that's why. Um, so wh- honestly, I think if I I finished this, and I will finish this in in January delivery, February, um, this year. You mean not this, the whole? This, no, the 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 nine yeah, foot yeah, version. The nine, yeah, yeah. Then we go through s- some iterations for maybe six months. This is very fast for Washington, and then maybe by next November, I'm 
doing a 20-footer. I begin a 20-footer, and then I'm on that for a year and a half. And then uh, from there, then there's maybe a little bit of a gap, like another six months, so that's two years. And then I'm looking at um, three and a half years and then another year and a half for casting. So three and a half years would be the working on the... I think six years, around six Six, years. Six years. Delivery in six years. So at one point, are you going to be like, I'm over this? (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) don't think that's... I don't... That's just, you know... It's too big of a project. But given the amount of work that you put into it, there must be... Or in six years from now, looking back, you must... You will have to think like there was a you know a six month period where I just was like I can't look at another world war no, Michelangelo no, no, no I like, can't no it's I've never gotten to that place because um, there's so many little um, a lot. parts yeah yeah and it's like I worked on a single figure for um, you know almost three years and I, right. I even that didn't bore me so yeah. it's like there's so many little parts there's such a hierarchy of little sections to yeah. Sections no, and I'm to sure. Like your waves. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like. It's, Wait, what? <laughs> there's just so much. Yeah. No, I never get tired. I, I yeah. totally relate to that. Yeah. yeah. And to, then also the finish, just to like. The more you get, know, the more there is. Yeah. The less I become more and more humble. Yeah. With this, it's like I really just. I I feel like I'm losing all my arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was too much of it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so. good fuel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you're about you're saying rough estimate is about six years. I'm gonna say give or take, and it has to do with funding. And we're gonna hold you to that. Yeah, and <laughs> and committees and passing through committees, and and uh, so far they've been really. I know I'm almost harping on it, but they're I'm like. Lightning and they're speed. Coo- and they're cool about this. Because <laughs> I'm still like, they're all of a sudden they're going to be like, figurative, we don't want that. <laughs> no, we want- we, well, we've had some issues, but I think, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth because I have to go in front of them and then it's like, I'm being judged and I'm being directed and it, it, and so we'll see what happens. This is me, but I don't see how anybody in their right mind wouldn't be like, that's a really great representation of, you know, that's what I've gotten for the most part. It's the only thing that has been critical is that it's too big for the park. Oh, really? But, but, then, but that's also um, was the impetus for me saying, okay, let me make a sculpture because then if we're talking about a drawing, you don't have the physicality of it. Yeah. And so let's, let's go on to the sculpture so that we don't have any like mix up here. Right. Let's see what it, and then the sculpture is going to give you a much better view of what the drawing is talking about because the drawing is very mysterious. Um, it's it looks like it has more information than it does because what happens in a drawing is like your mind, like music, hears notes when you hear music, and it closes spaces that are actually not really done. Right. So, yeah, so yeah. it's what's well, also hard for people. I mean, there's just there's that degree of removal yeah. with drawings, and you've yeah. got this grid, which I'm sure right. some people are like, "What's going? Yeah. Are you going to grid the wall? Like, is it, is it subway tiles?" And this is this is really even a photograph of the sculpture. All of a sudden, it's like way more dramatic. Yeah. And in person, it's even more dramatic than that. It's kind of like I we got that thing into um, the 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 photo sh- uh, lighting room. In uh, at Weta, and we were like, all of us were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, yeah. The fact that you're even, you're even uh, putting in some um, background into the relief, like there's, 
elements of actual background. Yeah. El- I mean, uh, that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, parts of the, the, the trenches and things broken yeah. and the flag. Well, it's incredibly geometric. It's very mathematical. I know. We were talking about an X. That yeah, was, I a, saw an X and I was like, is there? And you're like, yes, there is. There's <laughs> an X. X is symbol for transformation and change. And that's yeah. the transformation and change for so many things. Mm-hmm. Not only World War One and what came after it, but also, like, to me, it's like what's going to happen because of the transformation and change that the project brings. Right. So, right. And as, what else is there besides that in human life? It's like that's the only constant. It's change. And so it's like that's what the piece is about. It's about human beings. Mm. I mean, it is about World War I, <laughs> but there are many, many sub-layers to it, to right. the piece. And many references to other things. And they're not references that are like super esoteric. They're things that are kind of damn obvious. Like, okay, the flag's the highest point on here. Um, The guy coming out, it's like facing you. He's stunned. And it's like, why, why would you have a guy just standing there? It's like, it's just a statement. Of I am, it's like yeah. Vitruvian Man from Leonardo. It's like yeah. all this stuff, all this stuff just comes out, you know. Usually, the best represent best art ever isn't just one yeah. meaning. It's many, mm-hmm. many meanings, and a lot of it just comes to back to the human condition. Yeah, and it really that's what it's about. It's about that, it's really amazing to get to see this in person. Thank I mean, I, I wish I could see the the actual maquettes and everything, and I'm sure at some well, point will. I will. In, but in, in, in um. February, I'll have them. And awesome. I could, like, put them in a suitcase and walk over to Brooklyn with them <laughs> on the subway. Well, but I was I, hoping like, you were going to say, like, there's a little bit of budget. We'll fly you out to Weta. <laughs> you can, like, check them out in Weta. Do some painting in New Zealand. But, I mean, I've seen some of the drawings online, and I, I don't love the format of looking at things on the computer or on yeah. my phone, but, like, it just, nothing does it justice. I mean, just seeing the drawings in person that you, that you. you packed away, like, there's something to the hatching, to just seeing your hand work. Like, there's something more like analog about it to me, and I, I can't view it digitally. Like, there's just something right. in person that's like you got to see it. In person. Like Tony was saying when he was talking about it, it was like it's emotional and it's it's huge and it's overwhelming. And this is, I mean, it's just amazing Thank what you. you're what you're doing. Thank yeah. you. Well, good luck, sir. Thank you. I'll do my <laughs> on best. On your endeavor and your 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 mission, because it's gonna be, I I, I think it'll be uh, transformative to what we're all going for, and very important and powerful. So, thank and you. I I'm, I can't wait to go visit it. I'm looking forward to Tony. Sharing and I'll it. maybe host a Q and A with you on site. That would be so cool. <laughs> NPR. Yeah. Well, I'm, pl- I'm kind of like... Six years later. Jeez, <laughs> no, yeah. I took a lot In uh, 2024, we're going to be there. <laughs> right now, I'm trying to make the maquette in New York, the next part. And then the next part after that, I don't know where we're going to make it. But it's like my life has become so unsettled. I don't know what's coming out next Tuesday. So you're going to be going back and forth. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to... It's like I don't know anymore. It's like I can't plan things out anymore. It's like I don't have... Oh, yeah, next year I'm going to do this piece. I, no, you're doing this. It's huge, yeah. yeah. I don't, and then who knows what else is coming. All in, man. Yeah. All yeah. in. Because uh, no safety net. Yeah, thank but you. It'll be, I mean, it'll be all worth it. And I know, uh, I, you know, for me and all of us, we're, we're in your corner. Thank so you. I so really it. want you to 
we, I, we all want it to be exactly what we all think it's going to be. Thank yeah. you. So appreciate that very much. Cheers, yeah. my friend. Thanks so much, Saban, and thank you for doing and what also you're doing. Update us some stuff because we'll put it out on the podcast as far as like updates and stuff. Like oh that. yeah, that'd be awesome. It'll be really fun. It's all right. All right. <laughs> thanks, Saban, and uh, thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Many years uh, since we had dinner. 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 Since we had dinner.